Welcome, 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 welcome. This is your boy Ghani. This is your boy Ghani coming in from Cambo. Uh, just here to give you another dose of our new podcast. My new podcast for today is a Monday. Uh, today I want to talk about true stories. True stories. When your life changed and when you first came to realize that you are alive, when you first came to realize that you were somebody, when did that happen? When did that happen? I have one vivid memory. That's me with my dad and my dad's carrying me on his shoulders and I'm watching the football game, Malawi versus Zambia. Eastern Central African Cup in 1979. That will make me a three-year-old. Can you remember that far? Is it possible that this was a dream? Or is it possible that it's a story that my father told me? But significant, extremely significant. This, this story here attaches me to the essence of who I am. How attached I have always been my father how my father has always been part and parcel of my life so my father died 25 years ago but every day he's in my head he's with me he was 44 when he died but he's with me he's a mere memory now the question is my father wherever he is does he even think about me does he even know what i'm up to it's a great question it's a great mystery Not until you've died and you know what it feels like to be dead. Is it silence out there? Is it just quietness? Is it, is it, is it a remote place? Are we, are we on an island? Are we in heaven like Tahiti or Hawaii? And you've got a, a house on top of a hill and you're looking over a beautiful beach. Or is it just total darkness and non-existence and you don't belong anywhere? Or is it like in the Bible, you've gone to heaven and you meet God and you're with everyone else and everything else is beautiful and everything a part of your life is just amazing? Or have you been a bad person, collected a lot of karma and you're in that horrible place, hell, a hellish place? Or is earth a hellish place? It's a hellish place if you let it become a hellish place. It's a hellish place if you accept that it's a hellish place. So think about that. Memories from way back. Are they like dreams? Is it like a dream and you have a dream and that's your memory? Because sometimes some dreams are so vivid. And if you can digest a dream, and sometimes some dreams are so amazing you want to live in them, you want to stay in them, you want to, you just want to be in that calm, peaceful place. Maybe death is like that. Isn't that amazing? You're just stuck in this loop of happiness. But maybe it's like before you were born, you don't remember anything. Like I said, my first memory. And in some memories, and your early stages are traumatic. I remember another memory I have is of my mom and dad arguing. 
really loud voices and I'm like, mm, I can't take this. Mm, mm, mm. It's awful. Put my hands in my ear. So those are, my, those are memories. What about poignant times? Times where things are change for you. When do they change? So, as a young person, I, I grew up with my father who was working for the government at the time, working for the government, and he moved from place to place. So he would get a promotion and then would move. I remember when I was first born, my earliest memories of me playing was in Area 18. It was a fantastic place. So my, my parents showed me a, the place I was born, which was this little bedsit, tiny place. I have no memories or recollection of that place. But then I moved to a second place. I could say that I have a memory of it. I could say, yeah. One of my, one of my friends, I remember his name, Chukepo, Chukepo. Gondre, and he was my best mate. I really don't remember anything else after that. I remember friends, Rebecca, I believe. Uh, uh, it was Victor. He was a lot older than me, uh, but we played football. I remember playing football and always trying to follow him around. He was like a big brother to me. So that's me as a kid. Just so memories. I remember another kid, his name was Vanani. He got run over by a car. That still stays in my head. And then I have this big scar on my leg, on my foot. And this is a man-made, uh, uh, man-made sort of, um, I don't know, skateboard kind of thing or uh, go-kart kind of thing. And, and ripped my leg to shreds and... Uh, on the road I don't remember whether there was tarmac or it was just ordinary dusty road but these memories fade they disappear so the question is what happens to these memories where do they go what do we do with these memories do they become part of us do they make us resilient because we suffered certain consequences Another story that remains relevant in my, in my head, in my head is I'm ill and someone, someone's taken me to the doctor's community hospital and it's crazy. Because <laughs> it's crazy, I'm laughing because I've gone to, to the doctors and um, I've been treated for whatever it was that I was wrong with me. And I'm coming back. I get run over by a guy on a push bike. I'll never forget this because uh, all I remember is this guy was wearing a safari suit. And his push bike. And, and then he got on, on his bike and he just ran off. It's a vivid memory. <laughs> and I remember having to go back to the community hospital so they could treat me for the wounds that I'd sustained. I don't know, I must have been five or something like that. I was so small. But it's, these are memories, memories. And the, this, these moments are embedded in, in my brain. So whether it's 
trauma or a beautiful, beautiful memory, they're embedded in, into my brain, you know. And I remember uh, living up north in Mzuzu. And uh, in this place, it, uh, this place called Chikangawa, it was a forest department. My father was working for a forest department. And uh, I remember hearing of a story where a man, he was, he'd, got, he'd gone to buy some cigarettes, some fags, some, some, some smokes at night. And he got, he got devoured by a lion. And all they found was his head. And I still remember that. And I, I remember, uh, I remember vividly seeing a lion outside my, my house where I lived. I'm being absolutely terrified. It was early in the morning, but, but it's as vivid as it was yesterday. Um, I remember uh, uh, living in that place and uh, going into the woods and looking for some tropical fruit with my father, uh, living just underneath, um, uh, what do you call this? Uh, yeah. we, we, when we were, we were there hearing some lions roaring and, and running up in the tree and, and waiting to, to see wh- where the lions had gone. I was very young then. I was very young, very young. But these, these memories are vivid. Did these memories help me in the future? Did they help me develop resilience? It's a question. don't know what the answer is, but it's a question. Moments like when I was told not to go to... Uh, an event, but I decided to go to this event knowing that my father would be mad. And when I came back with the older kids, my father beat me. <laughs> he made me choose a stick. He said, do you want a belt or do you want a stick? So I went and chose the smallest stick I could find. <laughs> and that would just seem to, to, to annoy my father when he went and got a uh, biggest stick and he whooped whooped my backside <laughs> so, but all I remember was this was really tough it was really tough and I, I remember when we had to move from a house where we had electricity and we had running water to a, to a property where we had no running water the toilet was outside um, all the facilities were outside and we had no windows and, and this was my father transitioning himself into becoming an entrepreneur. Didn't understand it. I remember my mother complaining a lot, saying, you know, why have we moved here? But I loved it. I loved it because I made new friends in that area. The, the, the thing I didn't like about that is I lost a lot of friends at the same time. So I moved from Area 15. As, this is one of the best, best moments in my life, in Area 15, where I had... I had so many friends and uh, it was every day was a party, you know. I, and I, I find it hard to actually even remember remotely the times over, all right, me and my sister getting a beating um, once. Um, uh, so I think of these beatings, like I was so young and I was thinking, I think, when I think of it, I was like, I just think, oh, my father was harsh, but, but maybe he wasn't harsh, you know. Maybe I needed that discipline, you know, to be a better, a better, a, a more structured young man, you know. Because when I got older, I, I didn't cause too much problem. And I think because I, maybe I remembered the beatings. 
Maybe that structured me in a correct way. But this carried on. Me and my father had this com- competition going on. He would say, don't do something. And I would go and do it. And then he would beat me. And then I'd go and do another thing that would annoy him. So he would beat me again. And that went on until I was 17, until I challenged him. And, but I didn't challenge him because I was quarreling with, with, with him about anything in particular. It's just the fact that uh, I'd got fed up of him uh, having fistfights with, with, with my mum. <laughs> but, but what I remember about that is by 17, uh, I had a sense of morality of right and wrong. I had a sense of morality was, you know, people need to be treated in a certain way. You know, you can't get away with treating people in a certain way, you know. So that was a significant moment in my life. Um, I remember the first time I thought I fell in love. First time I, I, I kissed a girl. Mind you, it was very late in my life. I was 18. And... The girl, she, she, was, she was brilliant. She looked after me really well. She cared for me, you know. And, uh, and I think after some time when things got difficult, <laughs> uh, equally what happens, uh, I, I, lose my, I lose my marbles when, when she tells me that uh, she kissed another fella and uh, that... It was all a mistake, and even though she was apologizing to me, I lost my marbles. That was the first first sign of my, my first heartbreak, and I carried that on with me, and uh, and and, uh, and uh, I carried that on to my my uh, other relationships. Did, did that preserve me? Did that create a, a hole in my in my structure? It's a good question. It's a good question. And then after that, I went for a while where I was looking to, to let, replicate the, the kind of love I felt. Uh, don't get me wrong. This was love. Uh, for me, this was love because I totally believed that this woman I was going to be with for the rest of my life. And even though my father said to me, you know, these things are jokes, you know, and funny enough, uh, he was right. I never did marry her. You know, um, but she's somebody that I thought of a lot over the years. You know, I, I, I believe this is one person that I, I grew to love very much. And all throughout my life, I've always considered her as a special human being. But maybe that's just my youth talking. Maybe that's just me projecting, thinking maybe I failed in other relationships I've been in. Another step in in a direction of maybe resilience was when I was twenty, my father died, and I missed I missed it because. I had received the phone call and and I uh, was told, you know, Dad wants to talk to you. These are days without mobile phones and he wants to talk to you, and, you know, but he hasn't got long. And I was fluffing around and procrastinating as I always do. 
uh, had to take my brother, pick my brother up from, from school because everyone was gone. My mother was gone, was close, was, was looking after my father. My father was very ill. We knew, we knew by then we knew he was going to die, you know, but I was, you know, uh, uh, at least a couple hundred miles away uh, or kilometers. I'm not sure which one, but, but the moment that I got the phone call and, and I was told that he had died. I didn't cry, cry mind you. I, um, I had a lot of things to do. I had to go to his office and let people know at work that he had died. So they could help me with arrangements of the funeral, you know. Um, and, uh, and then a, a lot of people took over. And I remember being at the funeral and and everyone talking and just laughing about the things that my father done, the, the moments that were special to so many people. I remember seeing my mother crying. I've never seen anyone cry that bad. I remember seeing my sisters all crying and my youngest brother crying. But my other brother, he was, he was, uh, he was strong. He was strong. I, I believe he was stronger than me, but he was younger than me. I was a mess. I was a mess inside. But I, I pretended that I was in a mess. I think it was six months later when I cried all day. It wasn't even related. But now I picture it and I think, oh, that was me. That was the time for me to mourn. I mourned for years. I mourned for years. There are times where I hated my father. Times where I loved him too much. There was times where I was conflicted with what was going on. But these are the moments that build us. They're small, insignificant moments. But when you look back at your life, you realize that these moments actually really build you. So, in today's true story, you get to, you've got to hear of a few snippets of certain moments in my life where I... I came to the realization that I was alive and I'm very much alive as I'm recording this because obviously you can hear my voice, you can hear a song in the background. So I'll leave it there. This it's, is a very long podcast and uh, if you are listening, thank you very much. And if uh, you got maybe uh, a quarter of the way and got bored, that's fair enough, but, but uh, if you love my stories, please share them and, uh, and uh, use them. If they can help you, it'd be great. And if they can just make you laugh, then it'd be great. If they can make you rationalize your own life, that's even better. Anyway, I'd just like to say thank you and have a great day uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And remember, it's been... The Hitch My Star. I'm saying goodbye, good night, and God bless. I'll see you in the next podcast.